1: G'day, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of Supercoach Edge. And uh, it's a much sought after episode, this one, because if people have been hitting us up, sliding into DMs, and asking, What does your current team look like? Well, now's your chance to have a bit of a sneak peek at how my team is looking at the moment, post match simulations and uh, intra clubs and all that sort of stuff. Um, we've had to delve through uh, quite a bit of um, footage with some games uh, going for eight periods, um, four quarters, with you know different um scenarios or you know match situations and stuff which north melbourne and collingwood did you know outside of that i guess is uh, obviously the match sims didn't have any official stats the guru at afl central he was putting together uh, all the stats virtually by hand i helped him out for the carlton geelong game um and match sims are kind of as we've said uh, in our review uh, episodes for the four or five matches that we, we've done. Um, it's kind of a bit hard to read into because a lot of those matches and, and um, I guess team lineups weren't the best 23 players, 22 plus the sub. Um, so in terms of getting a read on you know whether or not players are performing well on the basis of another player being out or if it's you know a case of them being switched into a role they may not have going into the season proper um you know we've got to weigh that up but it's going to get a little bit easier this coming week uh, or at least you know tonight as i record this because it is the first official preseason game but uh, outside of all that we have um, made some adjustments to my team. So let's flick across without further ado, and I'll keep jibber-jabbering as I do so, um, to the blank slate that I've now cleared. Obviously, took a screenshot of my team before I cleared it. Otherwise, I would have been in a bit of trouble. Um, but... Uh, At the end as well, I might uh, go through and compare to my previous iteration of my team, which was back, I think, on the 3rd of Feb, potentially. So, um, you know, what's that? Three, you know, four weeks, um, you almost uh, in terms of time that's passed. And uh, yeah, there's a fair few changes. Let's just say that. And there's a fair few spots that are still up for grabs, obviously, um, until I see these preseason games proper. So let's kick things off. I won't be going into too much detail because obviously I did that in my uh, first initial video. Um, And uh, the only thing I probably will break down and discuss is in terms of my, um, you know, if I change strategies or anything across line by line, I went through in the previous team reveal uh, video, just detailing obviously why I've chosen certain players. So I probably won't be doing that in that greater detail, and obviously we, we covered all that, Liam and I, in terms of um, you know the line-by-line analysis episodes that we did. And uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, the only thing that's really changed is my strategy uh, with certain players uh, who I'm looking to upgrade to, who I'm opting to start um, based upon who I think are must-haves and uh, players that I think might be almost unattainable in getting, because if they start the season well chances are they're not going to drop in price enough for you to jump on them, um, and you're literally relying on luck uh, more often than not. So without further ado, let's get into it, and um, th- there's been the most recent change here with this guy who I'm selecting first up in Nikki Dacos. He was in my team. Um, I've shifted him in. He's been in my team for quite a while. I can't recall if he was in my team. I'll have to compare Um, when I did my first team reveal video but he has been in my midfield for quite a while uh, and I've only literally just shifted him back into defense today off the back of um, trying to rejig and allow a spot in the midfield to fit in a certain player who um, might surprise you considering Liam and I have spoken down about this bloke um, for quite a while and uh, for good reason. For good reason. I'll just leave it at that. You could probably um, work out who it is um, uh, just because of the uh, the gags and, and jokes that Liam and I always have about him. And, and speaking of which as well, check out um, across our socials because we put together a nice little meme of me uh, and this certain player and the way that he's sort of weaseled his way into my team. Um, but Dacos, I won't go into great detail. We all know he's an absolute superstar. Um, but the main reason, as I said, for him going into defense is to free up a spot to allow this other player to come in who I will reveal when I get to the midfielders. But I just think with Dacos, um, the only thing I will say is that yes, initially my strategy was to not start him and try and hopefully pick him up at a reasonable price um, early on. But I just even think, you know, despite the fact that he's got the early buy, despite the fact that he you know, will be tagged by um, uh, Finn McGuinness, no doubt, when they play the Hawks, I just think outside of that game, I think he's going to go to another level again. Uh, this bloke is super scary. And I remember when I didn't have him on my team, how much it hurt me to watch him go about you know his thing and rack up the pill at will and just, you know, lace passes, you know, um, lace out uh, on the tit of his teammates. Um, it's just... He's an incredible player to watch and, you know, it's all the more fun to watch him if you've got him in your team. So I just think he's going to be really hard to try and get into your team, especially early on, um, unless just going into the season with a bit of bank behind you, which I think is kind of... I'm not a massive fan of that just because, you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot and limiting yourself in terms of the players that you could be starting with. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of, of, you know, keeping a whole heap in the bank going into season, but I'm also, conversely, not a massive fan of... You know spending every single dollar because you know it's inevitable as we know in the early part of the season at the very least we might need to do, you know, some rookie corrections. And, you know, there are rookies that are at the higher price point. And if you haven't got the cash to trade a bottom price rookie up to that player at the higher price point, um, you know, you're going to find it extremely hard and you're going to have to almost, you know, um, rejig your team and trade out another player potentially in order to fit that must have player or must have cash cow in your team. The other guy who hasn't shifted out of my side, no surprise. I spoke of this man in the first team reveal video, Tom Stewart, as I've said, underpriced. Uh, his average does contain that injury-affected score of whatever it was, 18, 16. I can't recall off the top of my head, but um, I won't I won't check it just to save time. But um, yeah, he's just incredible value. We all know what you're going to get with Stewart. I know some people were scared off by the match sim and his performance against Carlton. Um, as I said in that uh, match sim review episode, um he was kind of put on ice majority of the time a lot of the first 22 or best 22 players for the cats were and and Carlton as well but I think he just managed the conditions were I think was like 38 degrees on that day um and you know Geelong I think they ended up playing 31 players rotating through their team on the day so again a lot of these guys as you know I'll say a lot you know, keep an eye on them. Um, These aren't lock and load players by any means because obviously someone can get suspended, injured and, uh, you know, all change of roles, all that sort of stuff. So we need to see... The final, it's just a shame that we only have the one official preseason game compared to years gone by where we had at least a couple. So we've only really got a sample size of one plus the match sim game, which again, as I said earlier, we can't read too much into um, because there are guys missing, uh, best 22 players missing from certain teams. And it does throw out the structure and roles of certain players, um, whether it be favorably or unfavorably. So that aside, Tom Stewart, he is, I think he's one of the guys, um, having said all that, he's a lock. Um, so... He is in my team. Next up is a guy that has made his way into my team, and it was off the back of his, uh, you know, I guess the intra club, but also the match sim. Uh, and it is Harry Sheezel. I think a lot of these owners here at thirty-three percent would have done the same. Just incredible. The one career that you know Liam and I had on Sheezel was his role. Uh, there's no doubting he's an absolute talent. Uh, we're worried about him potentially pushing into the midfield and losing that role. You know, as the quarterback off halfback and distributing and. And whatnot, but he was just insane. He was pushing up, you know, to the wing, even to half forward at various stages, getting involved in passages of play. Um, his disposal efficiency is absolutely elite. I think it was in the 90 percentile or thereabouts. Um, and yeah, just incredible player. So nice to see him back in that role. And uh, if that's the role he's going into, into 2024 with, we have to start him. I think he's just. He's going to be, I think, a top six, at the very least, top eight defender. And to start him, I think it just saves a whole lot of trouble in trying to work out the cash to try and get him into your team. And I think at that price point, um, he might not dip below that um, all year. Um, And as we know, North Melbourne, they're going to be developing, struggling at various stages as well against certain opponents. So he will see a fair bit of ball uh, in defense. So there's no worry there in terms of, um, I guess, him grounding together a score from week to week. Next up, we have this guy who hasn't changed out of my team, probably easier again to go by super sort of ownership. And it is Hayden Young. He should be in more than 34% of teams. This really surprises me again. Um, again, he is someone that is pushing into the midfield, has trained in the midfield all preseason, match sim. He was, however, pushed out uh, to the wing at various stages, um, even in defense. But I think it's just a case of Longmuir uh, for Frio, just switching things up, trying to get you know mileage into the legs of uh, how many however many players that they can get, um, you know, time into. And uh, yeah, I think there's no doubting he's going to be in the engine room for Frio. We spoke about it in the uh, defender episode, Uh, Liam and I, in terms of what his average was like when he was in the midfield for the, you know, the last five or so games compared to when he was playing in the defensive part of the ground. And yeah, I think it was like a 10, 15 point average increase. So he's a must have, and someone that is staying in my team 100%. The other guy here is Zach Williams. So you know, a lot's been spoken about this guy in terms of his his injury, recovering from his knee, of course. Um, Aaron Hamill, one of the assistant coaches, obviously at Carlton, he came out and said, post-match sim, because uh, Williams, Williams did miss it, um, just in terms of him and his timeline in coming back, he said, you know, it comes down to, I guess, the conditioning staff um, and, yeah, whether or not they're confident in him playing. Now, he has been named in the only preseason hit out, official preseason game hit out for Carlton. Um, so, again, keep your eye on him. I'd like to see him. No doubt he's going to be managed for minutes, given that it's his first real game at uh, senior level. Um, but what I'm looking for here is to see his role first and foremost. Um, and to see that he's fit fit and firing, that he does have the speed about him. If he's lost any of that speed um, that he has shown in previous years, I will think very, very strongly about not starting him. I think because there's so many different options as well. That we can go down um, and it does free up another spot where we can bring in another potential, you know, cheaper, more genuine cash cow, I think. Uh, And that's part of the reason why we're starting with Williams, because not only will he make bulk cash, but, you know, provided he's fit, of course, but also in the past he has averaged 80 odd. And if he can average 80 odd, you know, he could at least make us. 200K, I think, if not more. Um, 200K is probably a little bit conservative. Uh, 150K, I think, no doubt he will, um, provided again that he's fit. But the big question mark is obviously his fitness. So he is one that I'm keeping an eye on, but I am not averse to, um, you know, switching him out of my team if need be. And then maybe using, you know, Obviously, we've got round zero to use as a bit of a guide because, you know, obviously scores don't count then and Carlton does play in round zero um, to see again how he plays. So he isn't a lock and load by any means at this stage, but if he does happen to, you know, look a bit ginger or anything at, at various stages, yeah, I won't be starting him in my team for round one and even I'd be happy enough to, you know, not start him and then potentially even just use a trade on bringing him in if he does start on fire. Uh, let's round out our on-field side with this man here, Nick Caulfield. Um, spoke of him in the Western Bulldogs Hawthorne review video. Um, if you haven't seen it for that match sim, uh, go and check it out. But uh, again, he impressed me. Uh, took quite a few solid grabs. He was pushing up to the wing at various stages as well. Um, but he looks fit and firing as well. So I think, again, 57%. Uh, he should be in quite a few more teams, I think. He's passed the eye test. Looks incredible. So hopefully you can stay fit. Let's move on to, and we can just go on down the list here in terms of ownership. So Josh Gipkis, he is the first man on the bench here. 150.7K. Uh, took uh, one of the first contested grabs of the game um, for the TIGs in their match sim and looked pretty good. And uh, yeah, even though he may be playing a lockdown role more so, I think, you know, just at that price point, you can't go wrong. He's best 22. That's really all that matters. And he might be a slow burn, but who cares? He's a bit of a cash cow. And yeah, even though he's got that early buy, I think he's going to make us cash. And, you know, we're kind of strapped for, um, you know, really good rookies, especially those with job security in defense so he passes the eye test for me now i did consider this man here dan Curtin, but again at that higher price point i'm not so much a fan i i have no doubt that he's going to be best 22 for the crows i just don't know how he's going to score uh in the match sim he didn't perform the best even in the intra club i think he's playing albeit on tex walk and got absolutely smashed but you know no surprise there It really comes down to the role, I think, with Curtin, and that probably comes down to, you know, he's not a genuine lockdown defender. I think probably like a third tall in defense, potentially, so they can drift off his man, all that sort of stuff. Um, He might be a handy point scorer, but at that higher price point, I think I might bypass him just because, again, the higher price point a cash cow is, the more they need to average in order to make up the same price as, say, someone that's a bottom-priced rookie, which is a nice segue for the bottom-priced rookie that I have in my team, and it is this man here, Ethan Phillips. SSP signing from the VFL, was the what uh, best and fairest VFL winner, and continues that run of players that have done so in the past, that have then been drafted to AFL. So um, I did see him, obviously, in this game against the Dogs, and looked pretty good. He came on late, albeit, um, but took a you know, a nice grab among his first possessions and uh, got the big frame, big body. And I think he's going to be very, very valuable for the Hawks. Uh, As we all know, they've struggled with injuries in defense, especially to their key lockdown defenders. Again, he might be a bit of a slow burn, but at the very least, um, I think he's going to be making his cash, especially being that bottom price as well. Obviously, means he doesn't have to average as much as Gibcus to, you know, make as much as Gibcus. Um, so yeah, if that makes sense. Outside of that, I did have this man here, Zach Reed. He was in my team uh, up until today, and he was this sacrificial lamb uh, to fit in this other guy that I spoke about earlier, who uh, I've got a bit of a, a love-hate relationship with, who comes into my team. So Zach Reed, again, a lot of these guys like that are you know, even Toby Pink, um, they're all lockdown defenders, really. And they're not really going to score us um, or really make us too much cash. And from week to week, their scoring is going to fluctuate and you're not going to really be expecting any, um, you know, high ceiling scores from them as such. So he's still on the radar, but I wasn't really overly impressed with his game against the Saints. Um, Again, you know, he was kind of... You know, I think he played on King and got, got slammed, but then he, he went off and had a bit of a rest as well. So he can't really read too much into his game. But yeah, I just think just in terms of cash cows that we have at our disposal, he probably ranks down the list. Uh, and what this does do here, as you can see, in terms of my structure, I'll finish off the chat on defenders here. Um, traditionally, I have gone into the season with at least a minimum two primos, um, maybe a mid-pricer, maybe two prices, and then two rookies, or I've gone for, you know, two primos, mid-pricer and three rookies. Very rarely have I gone three primos, but I don't think I've ever gone into a season with four primos in defense, of course, counting Hayden Young, who I have no doubt will finish as a top six to eight defender. So this really does give me a fair bit of confidence and security as well, because in previous seasons, as I said, especially starting with mid prices and stuff that come with a bit of risk, I've sort of used the defense is in terms of like priority of upgrading. I don't think I've really prioritized the defense in the past either. So this is uncharted territory for me. So I'm not really going to have to prioritize upgrading the defense really, because I think a four primo uh, line Especially whether it be you know defenders or forwards, considering that we've got you know six spots, with four of those six spots being primos, you can just sit back and just allow the likes of Coffield, hopefully Williams or Gipkus, Phillips. If you go for Reed potentially or a Toby Pink, you can just sit back and just wait for these guys to to make as much bank as you can, and hopefully the likes of you know the like Caulfield and, and Williams, uh, who have a bit of nice scoring history behind them, which is part of the reason why I've got them in my team first and foremost, but also on field. Uh, hopefully they can just make you bulk cash and you don't have to worry until the latter part of the season. That's kind of my thinking behind that. And part of the reason why I kind of flipped in terms of bringing this other guy into my midfield, who I will um, probably segue into now. So let's have a chat about the midfield. Uh, so the man that I have in my team first up, and it was someone that uh, I was fading initially in my first uh, team reveal video, if you saw it, and it is Marcus Bontempelli. So I was thinking about it a little bit harder when I was chatting about um, the midfielder episodes in midfielder week with Liam. uh, He kind of talked me around as well. And just about the fact that yes, he might not be able to average, you know, the, the one twenty nine point seven that he was averaging in 2023. But I think at the very least, Bontempelli provides that Uber Primo option and Uber captain option from week to week, which is just super valuable. And no doubt he's going to drop in price at some point. But again, if he was to drop in price, you just don't know when that's going to happen. That's the that's the big unknown when it comes to these Uber primos. Yes, you may be able to hold out for them, but say for example, you know, he starts like shit in the first, you know, 2-3 rounds of the season drops down to 650, 600k. Where are you going to find the money to upgrade to Bontempelli if by that stage you don't have the cash cows that have made enough cash to trade in for you to then fund that upgrade to Bontempelli. So you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there, and again, you're relying on luck. A lot of the game with Supercoach, you kind of have to take a lot of the luck out of it. Um, yes, there's a lot of luck involved in the game, we know that, but as long as you work it to your advantage in some respect, um, at least, you know, you're a bit of ahead of the curb. That's kind of my thinking behind starting with Bond and happy enough with it, even though the fact that it does tie up that amount of cash. It is what it is. Um, And I don't think, you know, other guys around his price could really elevate to that level as such yet. Uh, Second up, we have this man, Zach Butters. And um, I don't know if I had him on my team initially. I don't think I did. We'll have to have have a look at the end of the episode. Um, But yeah, he's someone that is valuable just for the fact that he doesn't have the early buy and he doesn't have uh, an unfavorable buy. He actually has the one, he's, he's Port Adelaide's buy week Um, is aligned with Frios so those are the only two teams with a buy on that week so it does mean that uh, Butters is super valuable for all the other weeks we are struggling to field a you know best 18 yeah that's part of the reason uh for it and I just think Butters is a gun could potentially go to another level uh it was arguably 2023 was his breakout season I think uh full season of fitness all that sort of stuff full time in the midfield so you know what's there to say that he couldn't potentially raise his average another five points to, you know, 118 or 119 thereabouts. So, um, yeah, he's someone that I am keen to take a gamble on, especially considering that he is among the higher-owned, higher-priced primos in the midfield line. So um, that's kind of my thinking behind that. Next up, uh, in the third spot, we have someone that I think is sort of the next-gen that will take another step in their game. I have to scroll down a bit, uh, surprisingly. It's LDU, 635-100. Liam and I spoke about him in our um, midfielder primo episode, and uh, we're both big fans of him. You know, if he wasn't injured, know, had multiple injuries through the season, and he was very unfortunate, but as we saw in the back part of the year when he really regained fitness, played full minutes, um, and he was through the middle, obviously, getting bulk CBAs, he was punching out similar scores to a Tom Green, who we spoke about alongside LDU. Uh, this time last year as potential breakout candidates. And I think if LDU had a season fully fit and no injury setbacks, I have no doubt that he would have taken that next step like Tom Green did. So I think LDU is that player to take the next step this season um, around about that price point. And um, yeah, he's going to be a joy to watch. I have considered, and I did have previously in my team, This man here, Tom Green, who I just spoke of, who surprisingly is actually cheaper than LDU. Um, Obviously got injured uh, with the Hammy late in the season in 2023. Um, But again, got the early buy. And I was thinking of using him potentially, you know, in my team to then maybe trade him out to this next guy who I've just brought into my team outright and thought, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet because I've seen enough in the match sim. Looked really good. um, And it is... Once I scroll down and see how far down I go, yep, 11%. Nick Martin. So my original plan was to potentially start with Tom Green, um, allow Tom Green to play his first two games, um, or three games rather, go up in price, and then when he's going into his buy in the fourth, you know, I guess, round of the season, including the opening round, um, I would then trade him to Nick Martin. Um, so yeah, obviously Nick Martin wouldn't have uh, played the three games by then. So it would have been at the same price point, allowed Tom Green to go up in price. Um, Again, I still may may go down that route, but I think I'm pretty keen to start Nick Martin just to save that trade. And Tom Green, even though I am bullish on him, obviously two of his first three games of the season are against North Melbourne and West Coast. Paltry opposition, but didn't perform the best against uh, both of them. I think especially against West Coast. He had a bit of a downer, but... The only reason i would be doing it is to potentially make a bit of cash but yeah again that early buy isn't uh as favorable and yeah probably uh weighing up like you know using a trade as opposed to you know starting with tom green and then him coming out of the blocks and potentially scoring well you know what do you equate one one trade's value as in terms of points you know 50 points 100 points And I just think at that price point as well, it's super value. It it gives me an extra 130 odd K um, up my sleeve to really distribute elsewhere by going for the cheaper Nick Martin over Tom Green. So let's move on to keep things moving, go to the next player in what's this m5 um so i should be uh, mentioning this as well for those people tuning into the audio podcast but again probably should say from the outset if you're listening to us on the audio podcast jump across to youtube because visually it's much easier to um, follow along with but uh, in m5 we have uh someone that might be a little bit of a surprise hasn't featured yet uh in the match sims Geez, how far down do i have to go hold up wait a minute Whoa, it's Carl Amon. And I'm saying, whoa, because his ownership is now 1%. Uh, I think when I did this video um, with my team reveal going back three weeks ago, his ownership was getting right up there, and it's dropped back to 1%. Obviously, didn't feature it in the match sim, which I think is a bit of a blessing in disguise, potentially. He should play in the official preseason game this week for Hawthorne. And I do think that, you know, We saw that Massimo D'Ambrosio played well, had 26 disposals or thereabouts. I truly think that he was warming the seat for Amon, and that is the role that Amon's going to have going into 2024. And it's the same role that he finished the season with virtually Amon uh, and scored well, was averaging 100 or thereabouts, um, if not more uh, from memory. So I think if he goes back into that role, uh, all I need to see is him play that role in this preseason game for the Hawks this week, and he's a lock and load. If he doesn't, uh, he's going to make way in my side, I think, uh, and I would be prepared to potentially spend a trade on him, and maybe, maybe even go down that route, that tactic of starting Tom Green and then trading to Carl Amon after seeing, you know, uh, a couple of weeks of scoring from Amon. But he is at the moment in my M five position. Now, this is going to make some people laugh. Uh, this we're up to uh, M six. And it's a guy that, uh, as I spoke from the top, someone that Liam and I always take the piss out of. We warned, well, I started with him last year uh, against my better judgment. He lasted literally one round up against St Kilda, got injured. Uh, Then a lot of people were trading him in uh, in the latter part of the season. And I was saying, Liam was saying, we're screaming from from the high hills do not get this guy into your team. Fast forward to this preseason. And we've mentioned numerous times, this guy is a trap. This guy's going to get injured. He's going to get managed. Uh, he's not going to get ample mid-time, but I think I've buckled. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like a, you know, an old flame that, um, you know, has burnt you so many times and you've just said to yourself, you're not going to do it again. You're not going to get your heart broken again because it's been broken so many times, but it's happening. And it's this man here, Nat Fife. or Nat Nat Knife, really, because he strikes into my heart every single time I start him. And I have no doubt that he's going to get injured at some stage. But trying to, I guess, rationalize it, Liam and I were both on the same page now. Last time we spoke about, or we hadn't actually spoken about Nat Five in full detail, but his ownership was sort of in the teens, if that. His ownership now is skyrocketed to 46% off the back of his match sim performance which granted i don't know if many of you tuning in watched the game but i wasn't overly impressed uh he got caught numerous times he got caught holding the ball from memory twice he has lost all speed all speed out of the stoppage uh although the one thing that did impress me was his handballing skills so i think in terms of you know getting clearance work and stuff he hasn't lost that game but bursting out of stoppages bursting out of packs that is done those days are done for Fife and I think just weighing things up alongside, you know, I guess being going from an outright risk to then going into, I guess, calculated risk territory, which is where Fife is at the moment, I think with 46%, almost half the competition own him. If he does falter, let's rationalize it. We've got 40 trades. Sure, it's not ideal to waste a trade on someone who has been historically, you know, injured more often than he is fit uh, in recent times, but we've got extra trades. Aside from that, in the early rounds we have best 18. So if Nat fight, and this is the big, the big, uh, I guess clincher for me um, as to why he he has made his way into my team. If he gets injured in the early rounds where we are best 18, his score will drop out of your out of your side more often than not. So that is a little bit of a safety net first and foremost with the ownership um, being so high. It sort of mitigates any risk because you're in the same boat as half the competition. And then beneath that, the second safety net is there's best 18 across the early rounds. Again, I'm not a massive fan of starting that five, but I think weighing it up alongside you know, what he could produce, um, even though, yes, I do think he will be managed in-game, he might be pushed up forward at various stages. But I think, considering that he is being rotated through the middle, um, even if he doesn't get bulk opportunity through the middle, I think what he can provide is you know, something that, that you know, can eclipse his finishing average of 50.7 that he's priced at. I can see him averaging around about 70, potentially, uh, and he will be able to make us some bank at the very least. He's obviously not a keeper, but, you know, I think he's weaseled his way into my side and into my heart when I've blocked him out time and time again. He's been in my burn book so many times. I've crossed out his name in, in not just bloody, um, not pencil, not pen, not permanent marker. I've even gone to the stage of burning the burn book just to make sure that Nat 5 doesn't feature anywhere in my consciousness. Uh, We avoided talking about him during the preseason, Liam and I, but he's in our sides. So in my side anyway, maybe Liam's, maybe we'll have to wait and see when he does his team reveal episode. But I think all of those reasons, I think, you know, against my better judgment, I think he can provide some sort of a score and some sort of an average to make us a little bit of cash. The cash that he could make us compared to another cash cow, you know, I think will be similar. But the scores that he can provide, I think will be a bit more than what a genuine cash cow rookie will be able to provide us. And then being the mid forward as well does provide a little bit of flexibility as well. Gee whiz. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is with, with Nat five, but uh, we've got a love-hate relationship and he always makes his way into my team. And I can't blame Bevo this time last year he made his way into my team off the back of mclean not being selected around one by bevo and i had extra cash and extra spot to bring fife in this time i can only blame myself again and no doubt he's gonna get injured and he's gonna break all of our hearts and i'm gonna say i told you so i'm gonna tell myself i'm gonna look in the mirror and say i told you so but anyway we'll wait and see aside from that so what are we up to m6 so now we're going going into sort of you know mid-price of cash cow territory And uh, probably no surprise as to who these next guys are. Colby McKercher, and uh, we'll just bite the bullet, and Riley Sanders to round out our midfield on field. So McKercher, I heard a lot about him, obviously. Um, I spoke about him in the North Melbourne Collingwood um, uh, match simulation absolute gun rebounding off half back. he's literally sheasel 2.0 um, he's got the the ability to read the play uh, be in positions uh, that best suit his team to really follow up uh, and get you know chain possessions all that sort of stuff just incredible clean foot skills clean handball work incredible uh, just get him in the team 100% he should be in you know way more sides way way more sides so those what, 34% of teams that don't have him you're going to be wasting a trade to bring him in so don't try and be cute Likewise with this guy here, Riley Sanders, had 25 disposals or thereabouts and actually had Finn McGuinness moved onto him at one stage in the match sim against the Hawks, which is a massive compliment uh, to the impact that Riley Sanders was having. You might've seen, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out on on Twitter. Uh, Western Bulldogs, they clipped up that highlight of Sanders bursting through a stoppage, getting a handball receive and kicking a beautiful goal from just outside 50. An incredible player. And uh, I think the Bulldogs and Bulldogs fans will be looking back thinking, yeah, we missed the finals in 2023, but we were able to pick up this absolute gun who's going to be a gun of the future. And I'm a massive, massive fan. So again, should be in 100% of teams. Uh, Let's have a look at our bench now. And uh, there's probably two guys here that are uh, verging on locks. There's another guy that's, yeah, I'm kind of 75-25 on. Uh, so we'll start with him first, Darcy Wilson. He's in forty-five percent of teams at the moment. Uh, he's a mid-forward. Uh, looked all right, not too bad in the um, the match sim against the Dons. Um, but I'm just weary about him. Uh, he's a genuine winger, really. Um, is he going to be pushed forward at various stages? Is that going to really going to, going to put a cap on his his you know scoring uh, ceiling uh, and scoring average from week to week? We'll have to wait and see, but. He's thereabouts at the moment, probably that 75-25 player that I spoke of. Outside of him, uh, even though we didn't see him in the match sim because he was uh, out due to illness, Jeremy Sharp is in 50% of teams. Mature age player, will get a roll and get a go um, for Freo, especially with Chapman being injured, who is kind of his direct competition. Um, so yeah, he is almost a lock and load at this stage. Um, and then... Rounding out the bench is Jai Clark. Watched him uh, against my mob and Carlton and looked pretty good various stages. There's a couple of errors that he made, but, you know, just needs to adjust to senior level and that will come with time. Um, But yeah, I am bullish on him and I think he will be best 23 week after week for the Cats as they need to sort of blood their next generation, having lost a fair bit of, um, I guess, talent in Selwood and obviously Dangerfield, this could be potentially his last year or so.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: So let's move on to the rucks now. And uh, again, this hasn't changed at all on field. So no surprise here. And it is obviously Brody Grundy and Max Gorn. Again, don't be cute. Spoke enough about these guys as to how much they're undervalued and how, you know, they can jump their average up by at least 15 to 20, uh, I reckon anyway, um, average points rucking solo, both of these guys, you know, they were kind of uh, each other's worst enemy playing in the same side at Melbourne. Um, but we saw enough of a sample size last year for both of them when Gorn was injured and Grundy was was scoring well as a solo ruck. And likewise, when Grundy was dropped and Gorn was rucking solo, um, even dating back to when Gorn you know, had Luke Jackson as sort of his backup ruck at various stages. It brought down his average compared to seasons prior to that, where he was the solo ruck, where he was averaging 120 plus. So again, don't be cute, don't be silly, and start with these two guys. Outside of that, on the bench, I did have Jordan Sweet, uh, but it looks as though Ivan Solo is back to full fitness. I think he had a finger injury from, me, from memory, um, and I think he will be the outright ruck. And at a cheaper option here, Sam Naismith, uh, 123.9, really impressed me. In his game up against the D's, especially going up against Max Gorn. He's got the real big frame, senior body, all that sort of stuff. Hopefully, he can stay fit uh, and keep his knees structurally sound. uh, Knock on wood, of course. But um, yeah, Naismith, you might not have seen it, but. Curvis is still battling from his plantar fascia injury, which uh, by reports is an injury that can linger for some time and players do require surgery on because it just doesn't fix itself. So he's in a bit of a race against the clock to be fit for the round zero game up against the Suns. And I think off the back of that alone, I think... Nank, even if he is fit for round zero, I think he's going to he's going to break down at some point in the season. Considering that he really has had a limited preseason off the back of you know having to nurse this injury, so we'll um, we'll lock in Naismith as my R three going into the season at this stage. Let's move on to the forwards now, and um, yeah, no surprise here. Sam Flanders hasn't moved out of my team. I think he's the one genuine option here um as a lock and load really impressed me i think in the game against brisbane um yes he may play patches pushing forward as sort of a you know uh mid come forward at various stages for relief but i think i saw enough in that game for him to really solidify his spot in my team and i think he's going to be the breakout contender we saw that last year in the back part when he was finally giving given cbas at mid minutes and i think that's going to continue into 2024 so he is a lock and load moving on to f2 and uh, we're going for a bit of value here. Obviously, uh, McRae, Jack McRae is injured. Um, by reports, is on the cusp of um, returning to the team. But that did put a dent in his preseason preparation, obviously. So uh, even though he's still in 25% of teams, Jack McRae, I don't think I can run the risk. Um, and I think we could potentially get him at a cheaper price point. Um, and I think they will kind of manage his minutes uh, at the start of the season as well, which may lend itself to a lower ceiling score from week to week, and it may mean that his price may drop even further than the five fifty eight point four starting price. So for F two for me, I have gone for someone that is a bit cheaper at two fifty eight point three in the form of James Harms, who was kind of you could say the beneficiary of um, of Jack McRae being out. I no doubt about that. So by all means he's not a lock and load in my team james harms because i want to see how he performs how many cbas he gets when jack McRae is in the side so hopefully that mccray can play this preseason game if not we might have to just bite the bullet and take the gamble but i think james harms with what he can produce and a big part of his game that I really enjoy that does provide a bit of a solid uh, floor, uh, scoring floor from week to week, is his tackling numbers. is an absolute gun, uh, and it does mean that if he does get time through the middle, uh, those tackling numbers are gonna provide a bit of a you know a stable scoring floor from week to week. So. Big fan of that. At this stage, he is in my team. Of course, Bontempelli and Treloar also weren't in the in the match sim team either against the Hawks. So there was quite a few players out. So you can't really, as, having said all that, can't read too much into the match sim performance itself. Um, so we'll wait and see how he performs in the preseason game um, that the Doggies play officially this week. Uh, moving on to f3 and we have a guy here another value selection in Jack Billings in 19 percent of teams at the moment 243.9 but he actually impressed me more than harms um, so I think I'm, I'm pretty I'm more keen on starting with Billings uh, he played sort of that you know High half forward, I guess, Um, even various stages, pushing even down further towards uh, defense and rebounding the ball and slingshotting it back. But uh, I think, you know, there was no doubting he was a high half forward role, which is what he's being groomed for. Uh, His kicking is a feature and uh, he was hitting up targets inside 50 in Melbourne's game up against the Tigs. So, massive fan of him. I think he had 20-odd disposals thereabouts, around about that mark, um, and did look really good. Passed the eye test, so he is in my team at the moment. Moving on to F4, uh, gathering a bit of steam here, uh, and it is the most-owned player, I think, arguably in the game, uh, but especially up forward. 71% of teams own him, and it is Harley Reid. I think a lot of people are just jumping at shadows here with Reid's, uh, off the back of Reeds match, Sim performance against Frio uh, didn't really get much of a chance I think to show his wares um, played sparingly through the middle through the middle bit off off the fence um, but I think you know obviously a watch and see as to how he performs in the official preseason game for West Coast but um, I am relatively bullish on him and uh, we'll wait and see I am prepared though to potentially uh, if he doesn't pass the eye test in this game. Just because he's at the higher price point and there are so many uh, cash cow slash rookies available in the forward line, I think you know you probably can run the risk of not going for Reed uh, in your team. So uh, having said that, he's a big watch, 100%. So it's a kind of a make or break with this official preseason game for West Coast to see how he plays. Uh, then we have uh, at F5, and he's in 40% of teams, and rightfully so, I think. It's Finn McRae. Blew me away uh, in the intra-club first and foremost, uh, clearance after clearance, getting bulk CBAs, even kicking goals. Didn't impress me as much in their match sim up against North Melbourne. Did get the first clearance of the game and, and kicked a nice goal as well, but uh, wasn't as dominant. But I do think that he will be a starter in round one. And with Taylor Adams being out of the team now for the Pies, having crossed the Swans, I think Finn McRae... It's the red carpet's there. It's been rolled out for him to really perform. And I think he's he's done enough groundwork across the, you know the, the intra club and the match sim and trading bowl reports for him to you know have made his way into the engine room for the pie. So I do think he will be able to score well, uh albeit I think he will fluctuate from week to week. Um, but will be able to make us some bulk cash. So I am bullish on him. Rounding up the on-field forward spots in F6 we do have the second highest owned forward with 52% in the form of Sean Manor, um, obviously recruited from Werribee, the six goal, um, you know, I was going to say hero, but they didn't win the grand final uh, in the VFL, but uh, six goal performance uh, superstar, uh, mature age rookie, for the Cats. Um, He is someone that uh, everyone's got in their team. Most people, 52% of people have him in their team. But he's kind of, his stocks have lowered, I think, in recent times, Um, much like Harley Reid, but more so considering he only played really one quarter. It was probably a quarter and a half from memory, I think, against Carlton in that match sim. And he did a couple of nice things, took a couple of nice marks and um, went for a shot at goal, did miss. And I think he did hit someone up Uh, Might have been Hawkins or someone, maybe, I can't recall, Uh, and did have a bit of a goal assist there, or a scoring assist. So I think there is opportunity there for for him, but I'm just worried about him potentially being a bit of a starting sub, maybe. Um, So he's a bit of a danger in that respect there, and yeah, we just don't know if he's going to be best 18 or best 23. Uh, I think he will play, but I just don't know if he's going to be starting sub, or even more worryingly... Um, going to be subbed off in-game until he kind of adjusts to senior level and the pace of the game. I don't think there's going to be much worry there considering he is a mature age body. Um, But as we know, the pace of EFL compared to the pace of senior level AFL, um, it does differ quite starkly. So there's a little bit of a worry there. And if that is the case, I am happy to punt him for another rookie, which as I spoke of before, we are flushed with options here in the forward line with rookies and cash cows which is a bit of a segue to the rookies that I have on my bench in the forward line. And uh, first up, and again, this is kind of these guys unset and forget, because as I said, there's so many options and we have to see these preseason games, these official preseason games and the form of players in order to sort of, you know, get a bit of a, a better idea as to who to select and who to fade. Uh, But I do have in my team at the moment, and it is someone that impressed me, a highly rated junior, um, High draft pick, Caleb Windsor for the D's. He's at that high price point, 180.3K. But uh, he impressed me because he was playing almost like through the middle, on the wing, and then played sort of the back part of the uh, match sim against Richmond, you know, out of defense. And I guess it does show that as well that they, you know, it's, it's quite notable that um, it's been reported. The D's really rate his, uh, his foot skills. And having seen that, and he was kind of almost the distributor at various stages coming out of defense, which, you know, like a McKercher, uh, like a Sheasel that we've seen, you know, if he was to get that role, lo and behold, uh, that would make him a almost must-have scored quite well um, in terms of, you know... um, uh fantasy points and um possessions and all that sort of stuff and you know passed the eye test for me so he's on my bench at the moment and let's round out my team with the last spot which is the last bench spot in my forward line and it's it's chopped and changed but this guy here has really impressed me sam darcy I'll say that again uh luke darcy of course he's um his son the father-son prospect. He's going into his, what, third season now. He's battled with a bit of injury. He's battled with a bit of inconsistency. You know, the dogs have used him up forward in defense, in the ruck at various stages. And I think he does need that stability. And he blew me away in the game, uh, the match sim against the Hawks. Uh, Was the number one ruck. English didn't play, um, but obviously won't be the number one ruck going into the season proper. But I can see him playing him playing up forward, which in this match sim... He ended up kicking three goals and looked really good. His marking is a really, really big feature and a big strength that I am a massive fan of. So I can see him being in the best 23 from week to week for the Dogs. It's that time. And he fits that profile, age profile, you know, years in the game profile uh, for him to take the next step. And I can see him um, at least making us some uh, some nice points, albeit as a key forward, you know, come relief Ruckman, um, he mightn't have that sort of consistency to his game but I think he is someone to consider starting on your bench but by all means he isn't a lock and load. Alrighty so that is my team and um, I'll probably roll through some other names that I am considering that is a long list so it is going to be a painstaking task trying to narrow down as to who gets the last spots in my team um, but it does come down to roll and whatnot. As you know Luke Parker he went down um, with a broken arm has been ruled out for quite a few weeks. um, And it does open up an opportunity there for someone like a James Jordan, who I was keen on. I think I had him in my initial um, team reveal video. Um, He is on the radar. Likewise, so Jordan is in 24% of teams at the moment. um, And being a a dual position player as a mid forward as well, obviously helps. But the other one that I am keen on is, I'll just type his name here because I don't know what he's... um, ownership is he's in one percent of teams angus sheldrick uh albeit he is at a higher price point but as we know and as we saw from last year his point points per minute is off the charts so if he's able to get some cbas uh and even more cbas uh than he did last year without parker being there and i think parker had the most cbas for the swans last season there's so many cbas to go around so you know do they rotate it equally through a sheldrick or a um an adams or a A Jordan, all that sort of stuff. So at least we've got round zero, the opening round to really use as an eye test to work out, okay, which of these guys are getting those carryover CBAs that are left over from Parker not being in the team and who even more so is performing well enough to justify selecting in your starting team. So both Jordan and Sheldrick are on my radar at the moment. Adams to a little bit of an extent, but not so much because he's at the higher price point. The other player is um, Roberts, the other swan. I don't think he's going to be playing through the middle. Uh, I think he was playing off half back predominantly for the Swans in their um, match sim against the Giants. Uh, Did look pretty good as well. So again, I might go for Matt Roberts instead of a a Darcy Wilson, for example. Or, you know, I don't know who else I'd be able to drop, but I'd need to make some swings, I think. But um, again, Roberts, he's on my radar. Um, Outside of that, we have in the forward line, McGuinness. Someone that I was really, really... Big fan of. He's in 4% of teams at the moment. Reef McGinnis from the Pies. Uh, 123.9 is a forward only. But again, he has shown that he could be potentially a best 22 player, best 23 player for the Pies uh, without McStay being there. There's an opening in the forward line uh, for the Pies. So does he get it? Who knows? The other guy is at Sexton. He's in 25% of teams at the moment, uh, playing in his new role off half back and uh, albeit We do need to see the Suns having a full team. So he's not in my team at the moment, but he's probably one guy that I'm the most bullish on outside of maybe Jordan, um, just with this new role. If he's able to perform to that uh, level that he did, um, you know, in the match sim, uh, I would be keen on starting him in my team uh, because he does look like being, I guess, the higher scorer of all the cash cows around about this price point. Uh, Outside of Sexton, we have... Aaron Cadman, 15% of teams, uh, 127.6K. But albeit, I think he's scoring will be up and down as a key forward, much like Sam Darcy, I imagine. Um, so, yep, he's on the radar too. Uh, the other guy in the midfield is Jacob Ware, or Ware, as we called him in 2023, uh, 123.9. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be best 23. That's the only thing. Got subbed um, from memory a few times in 2023. Could that happen again? You know, he's a bit of a risk there, but he's on the radar. Outside of that, we've got Husweight, Henry Husweight from the Hawks. Higher price point, 184.4. I'd like to see him in a, in a you know a team that's that's um, best 23 for the Hawks. So we'll wait and see how he performs off the back of that. Um McKenzie's another one for the Hawks. He he got bulk CBAs, looked really good. Um, like Husswaite albeit higher price point, 271.5K. So I would need to average more than all these other cash cows I'm talking about in order to make the equivalent price rise. Uh, outside of that, we have Lazaro, uh, mid-forward for the Ruse, 181.1. Um, he's He played very, very well in the intra-club uh, and then kind of fell away a little bit in the match sim against the Pies. But again, another player that you can, you can potentially fit into your team. It does help with him. At least he's a mid-forward. So he provides himself as an option. You're not sort of having to choose between, you know, a Lazaro, Sexton, McGuinness, all these guys in the forward line who are forwards only because Lazaro is a mid forward. Uh, rounding things out with Steely Green, who again performed well against the Ds in the match sim. Uh, kicked uh, two snags, two, three snags from memory, um, and I think he will be best 23. Uh, There is an opportunity there for him. So those are kind of the rookies um, or high-priced rookies that I am thinking of. In terms of those players that have fallen primos, they are still on the radar firmly. And it is Jack Steele, 529.5. Blew it out of the water. Blew the cobwebs well and truly off in the Saints match sim against the Dons. Uh, He's on my radar. Took Miller. I think I had him in my team in my initial team reveal video. 545.5k absolute bargain looks as though he's going to get his CBAs back. So I'm a massive fan of him. So he would almost have to take the place of, say, an Amon or even a Nick Martin uh, if I was to, to go down that route. So again, he's a big watch in the official preseason game for the Suns. And rounding us out is Zach Fisher. 378.6k for the Ruse. He's only a forward. He's a forward only. So again, he's not as favourable considering that um, and being that higher price point as well. I, I don't know. He, you know, he's more expensive than a Billings. More expensive than a Harms, who I think can kind of average similar to Fisher, if not more. So he's down the pecking order for me. Is uh, Zaki Fisher. And aside from the fact that that the Ruse already have McCurch, so they've got Sheasel. In those roles, um, rebounding off defense. Do they really need three players? Can they afford to carry three players in that same role? I don't think they can. And they'll need to play accountable. Uh, obviously, you know, it depends on opposition matchups and all that sort of stuff. But I do think that he will be made accountable and play more of a lockdown, staying close to close to his opposition forward in order to, you know, keep a spot in the Roos team. So, down the pecking order for me. But that's pretty much it. Um... For my team, as I said, we'll, uh, we'll go back over to my team and how it looked initially in the first, my initial team release video. So we have, in terms of players that I have across both of these teams, both of these iterations, Thomas Stewart, Sissel is out of my team, Hayden Young is still in my team, likewise Williams, Marty Haws out of the team, I don't think he's best 23, uh, Nick Coffield is in my team, Gipkiss, likewise and Reed is out of my team, um, albeit... Uh, just today only. Uh, Rory Laird is out of my team. Uh, Bond comes in his spot. LDU is in my team. Tom Green is out. Took Miller's out. Amon is still in my team at the moment. James Jordan's out, but could be potentially in off the back of how he performs in round zero. McKerch is in my team. Sanders is still in my team. Likewise, Clark Sharp. Wilson, Gorn and Grundy, they're still in my team, obviously. Uh, Jordan Sweet goes out for Naismith on the bench in the ruck. Uh, and then for the forwards, McCray um, goes out. Flanders is still in my team. Tom Lynch is out. He won't be playing the first two games. And I don't think he's going to be that big of a cash cow anyway, at that high price point, uh, which is similar to Billings anyway. Um, Jack Billings, having spoken of him, he is still in my team. Likewise, Harley Reid and Sean Manor. Uh, and Finn McRae, he's still in my team. And Cadman goes out for, I think it was Darcy, wasn't it? Uh, yes, Darcy, and then other changes, Windsor, uh, he's into my team, uh, Fife comes in, Martin, Nick Martin comes into my team, uh, Zach Butters comes into my team as well, uh, and um, the SSP mature age signing, Ethan Phillips for the Hawks in defense comes into my team, and James Harms as well, up forward. Well, that's pretty much it. Um, Liam and I will be reconvening at the back part of this week and uh, punching out that, um that frequently asked questions or FAQ or FAP, the FAP, as we're calling it, the frequently asked players episode uh, and chatting about some of those players that we did miss uh, in our line by line breakdown. And then obviously doing a, uh, a bit of a preseason match all encompassing episode. Um, So yeah, we're going to be doing a full official preseason game wrap episode. Uh, so look out for that as well. Uh, and Liam, I think, uh, provided that he does have time, uh, will be putting together his um, team reveal episode as well. But outside of that, ladies and gents, can't thank you enough for all your support. We've smashed you know, milestones galore. Our Facebook page has eclipsed uh, 4,000 4, followers slash likes. Um, our Twitter page has is, is actually gone bananas. We're now well over um, 3,000 uh, followers, which is just incredible. Um, and then the in terms of the uptake via our audio podcast, uh, we're just again, hitting new heights that we haven't done in previous seasons and our YouTube videos are being watched more than ever as well. So again, we can't thank you enough uh, for all your support across the preseason. And having said all that, if you are new to our channel and you have tuned in uh, and you've liked what you've seen um, and, you know, I guess the advice that we've given, uh, whether it be this episode or other episodes, if you tuned into other episodes as well, if you have liked what you've seen, uh, give us a follow. That would be absolutely awesome. Give us a, a give us a sub. Um, all that sort of stuff. We do really, I guess, gauge how we're performing off. You know, obviously, views that we get, um, listens that we get via audio podcast, but also the number of subs that we get on YouTube as well. Um, in terms of you know, getting a well-rounded idea of you know the uptake uh, on our content that we are producing. So again, we can't thank you enough. Give us a like, give us a sub, um, and rounding things out. If you have any questions, comments, all that sort of stuff, feel free to put them down below. If you're watching us on YouTube and if you're tuning in via audio podcast, feel free to slide into our DMS uh, or hit us up just generally on Twitter, uh, and we'll be able to help you and, uh, have a bit of yarn um outside of that join our discord as well links in the comments likewise our uh, open league as well which we will be giving a super coach edge championship ring to to award the highest scoring or highest ranked uh participant in our open league come at the end of the season so with that said we'll catch you in the next one thanks again for tuning in cheers